0: Chapter number 2, Colossians chapter number 2. The Lord has laid something on my heart. I want to bring it because what we're going to receive today is a call from the Lord. Because the church needs to be awakened. Amen. The book of Colossians was written by Paul to the church at Colossians and also at Laodicea. He never went to Laodicea. He never went to the city of Colossae. In fact, a fellow by the name of Ephrathus was the one that planted this church. This church had grown and it strove and went through a lot of battles and it was thriving. And all of a sudden, there was a danger that arose to each and every one. That danger began to creep into the church. There was a natural desire in the folks in the church to get closer to the Lord. And I believe here in Living Water, there is a natural desire by many to get close to the Lord. Amen? I believe also in a lot of the churches in our great land, there's a lot of people that has the desire. Because it's an innate desire to be as close to God as we can possibly be. And because of that, just like it did with our uh, forefathers and our uh, Adam and Eve... He took that desire that was an innate desire the devil did and he used it against them to usurp the plan of God. And what was going on in Colossus was there was a heresy that was going through the church. And what the heresy did is it slowly took everybody's attention off of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. They still worshipped Him. They still preached Him. But the focus... Of the gathering was not on the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, Amen. and Paul thought that it was such an issue that he needed to write this book. And as he sat down, he began to try to explain what was going on, and that people have went to the extreme in a lot of areas. I believe that the church in a lot of areas has went to the extreme. And God is calling not only Living Water, but many other churches to get back to the absolutes. To get back to our focus on our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To quit worrying about all these activities. Quit worrying about all these strategies. And just center our attention and our focus on the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because He is enough. Amen? Amen. Everyone here this morning say, He's enough. enough. So in chapter number 2, Paul is already prayed for them. It's a mighty powerful prayer in Colossians chapter number one. If you've got anyone that you want the Lord to touch, start praying that prayer over me, Colossians chapter number one. But in chapter number two, he begins to grumble and argue with an argument to them against this heresy that has went into the church. And I want to share with you today in the church of God across this great land and across this world, there is a great heresy that is flowing within the church. And God is calling some brave souls, some souls that understand the power of Jesus Christ to come and clean the church up and say, so We're going to see some mighty things happen in the church in the next few years. Some are going to be good, and some of them's not going to be so good. But in the end, God is going to have the glory back on His, His Son and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And in verse number 1, Paul tells him, he says, For I would... That you knew what great conflict I have for you, and for them at Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh. That their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love and into all riches of the full assurance of understanding. To the acknowledgement of the mystery of God, and of the Father, and of Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures... Of wisdom and knowledge. Will you read that out with me this morning? In whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. For though I be absent in the flesh, yet am I with you in the spirit, joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, So walk ye in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And ye are complete in him. Tell your neighbor right beside of you say, I am complete in Christ. Which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who has raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, has he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. And the church needs to say amen on that. Blotting out all the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. So let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holy day or the new moon or the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. Let no man beguile you or your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he hath not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind." Mm-hmm. And not holding the head, from which all the body, by joints and bands, have nourishment, ministered, and knit together, increaseth with the increase of God. Let the church say amen. Amen. I was wondering when I read this and the Lord was leading me this way, I thought to myself, I wonder what it would be like if the Apostle Paul was to come today and visit the church of the modern world today. I wonder what it would be like, what he would say, and what he would do if he walked into some of the churches that we have in our our church world today. I'm sure that he would witness a beehive of activity. Can the church say amen? Oh, he would see a bunch of committees. He'd see a bunch of programs going on. He'd see even concerts being held in the church on a weekly basis, on a daily basis. He would see light shows and He'd walk into dark sanctuaries. And the thing that really troubled me more than anything else is he would see no Sunday schools because they don't seem to have them anymore nowhere. He would witness them putting on pizza blasts to try to get people to come to the church to eat. He'd also witness some people that felt like that they needed to have a raffle to be able to give away a big screen television so that people could come into the church and they would start coming to the church. Let the church say, help me, Lord. I'm sure he'd come in, he'd see a bunch of big screens on the wall. He'd see a whole lot of things that's going on on the wall. He'd see these giveaways that's being done and he'd see these Valentine dances and these Super Bowl parties that everybody likes to throw. There's going to be one here pretty shortly. Pay attention to how many churches has a Super Bowl party to get everyone together and will cancel church service on Sunday night so that they can have a Super Bowl party in the very sanctuary of the living God. Pay attention to that. Amen? Not only that in some churches he would start seeing drag shows where men dressed up like women would walk up behind the pulpit and start preaching their gospel of inclusivity into the church saying that they need to be honored because they have a reprobate mind I'm sure that he would also see a bunch of homosexuals in the church. They would see preachers right now that are literally marrying people that were homosexuals. I believe he would also see a bunch of people that are sodomites in the church, flat out sodomites that are going through and and they are literally the burning in lust for their own sex. He'd also witnessed not only these homosexual marriages, he would also see a bunch of cohabitation going on where people were coming to the church, living with each other, refusing to get married in the church say amen Amen. he'd also see a bunch of drunkenness there's a lot of stuff going on in the church that people don't realize but i also think he would see some gossip going on in the church everyone say help me lord Amen. amen and he also would see the kids uh, playing on the cell phone while the preacher was preaching and he would note that and he would write it down. He would also see that there was worship which is literally downplayed. Nobody really wants to worship anymore. He would also see that as the songs was being played and worship was being given to the Lord that most people wouldn't even get up out of their pew. they wouldn't even stand up because they don't feel like they need to be bothered to lift their hands and praise the Lord and Savior. That there is, But he would also see a beehive of activity where you would see many, 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 many services being held. Some churches are meeting at 7.30 in the morning, 8.30 in the morning, 9.30 in the morning, 10.30 in the morning, 11.30 in the morning, having four, five, six services a day, and they're having a one-hour meeting to come together, and that is the only meeting that they have all week long. I don't know about you, but I need more than an hour with my Lord and Savior for the week. Amen. So you also see that as he stood and he's paid attention in the church that prayer services were not held anymore. That they had completely been eliminated. Everywhere that he would look, he would find out that that the preachers and and the laity have come and bought into this uh, heresy that is going into the church, that all the congregation, the the preachers, the laity, they call them improvements. They call them improvements. All of these activities that, that they're putting on to improve the product and make the product that the church is offering to the world a little bit better. How many of you see that in the church right now? Amen. Now I've come to realize that these changes that has went on in the church especially in the last 10 years they're not helpful for the church none at all Amen I believe that when the world comes into the church, the world should begin to see something different than what they see out there in the world. Amen. I believe when someone that's going to the nightclub on Friday and on Saturday walks into the church on Sunday, they need to see a church that is holy and righteous and something different than what they saw last night over there at the Spanish Galleon or whatever it may be. They need to see something that is pure and right. The church does not need to make their product any better than what their product already is. Can the church say amen? A woman had a very serious illness and she went to the doctor and the doctor took her and put her in the hospital. And there that afternoon, her husband came in and asked the doctor, says, well, how's she doing? And he said, she's improved a little bit. And he said, "Well, thank the Lord." He goes home and he goes to work the next day, and he comes back and he talks to the doctor that afternoon. And he says, "How's my wife doing?" I said, "Well, there's been some improvements." And he said, "Well, thank the Lord, Amen." So he goes on to work. He goes home, goes to work the next day, and he comes back the next day, and he walks in, and the doctor's in the room. He said, "How's she doing?" He said, "Oh, there's been some improvements. that has been going on. I think she's going to be okay, but she's improving. She's improving." He said, "Well, thank the Lord, Amen." When you think she's going to be able to go home, well, I don't know yet. We got to see a few more improvements before we send her home. So come Friday, he comes walking in to the, the hospital, and the doctor meets him at the door, and he says, I'm sorry to inform you, but your wife suddenly died, and she's just not here anymore, and I'm, I, I give you my, my, my heart's biggest regrets, and he looked at him and said, well, what did she die of? Improvements? I believe today that the signs in front of the church right now are tombstones that says here is this church that was here, the first church of God that was established in 1855. And in 2023, they died because of all the improvements that they put into the church. Well, I want you to know right now that Living Water Worship Center don't feel like that we need to improve our product not one time at all. Amen? I believe the church has upgraded this and they've upgraded that. They put this upgrade over here. They've refined the building. They've tried to make the building look a little bit better. They've enhanced the music. They went out and they boosted up the children's programs. They've had activity after activity. They built up the youth program. They've went out and they've revamped the service to make it more palatable to everybody. They've changed the structure and they brushed up the message to make it more acceptable. And they stood out and tweaked the ladies' ministry so that the ladies can feel like that they're imported and if we went out and advanced the doctrines and made the doctrines a little bit easier for people to grab a hold of. We modernized our delivery and don't want to offend nobody. We stood up in front of the church and we ameliorated the men's ministry and we went out and we modified nearly everything in our church to make our product better than what it is and we're trying to reach people trying to make them accept a product that can, is a little bit better than what we thought it was. But I got news for you. We don't need make our product any better amen the modern day church has died because of improvements i want to say it again and i know a lot of people ain't gonna like this but the churches today are more like a nightclub and more like a social meeting and a gathering than they are a house of prayer in fact there ain't a whole lot of prayer going on in a lot of the churches that's around in the world today is anybody with me this morning amen well, you might ask me, well, how is it that the church has died? Well, first off, they hired a minister. And they brought the minister in and he began to look and read these books that had some unbiblical ideas about growing his church. And he went to the meetings and he sat down with the board and he said, I believe if we do this, we can get more young people to come to the church. And I believe if we do this and we install lights, that we can get somebody to come in and be excited about the church. And I believe that if we had more dinners and we fed more people or we went out and we had these giveaways and all this stuff and he took all these Biblical, unbiblical ideas and he brought that to the church and then he comes in and he says well we need to make the music a little bit better and they raised up the music a little louder and they went out and they hired musicians that were some of the best musicians there was in the area but the problem was none of them weren't saved and the more of them that they were up there playing they were anointed by the devil themselves and after a while the very church that's supposed to be holy and a house of prayer was up and now they were just like the nightclub that they just come out of last night and here they are you have some in the church right now, and I have to speak it, the Crab family for a long time. They were on, and they were at the top of the charts. Everybody loved their music, but their bass player, she was a member of their band sitting there playing the bass guitar, and you could go to any show you wanted to see in Myrtle Beach when they weren't on the road, any show that you wanted to see in Branson, Missouri, or over in Gallenburg, and she was up there, and she was playing rock and roll music on Friday night, Saturday night, and on Sunday, showing up at the church and the Crab. family. And playing, but I'm here to tell you the church has died from all these improvements. Let God give us the gifts, the talents, and the ability and the anointing that began to present Jesus to the church and to the world. And let God move under the power of the Holy Ghost, and all man's programs will be defeated, and God will get the glory through it all in the church. Amen. Now look at your neighbor right beside me and say, Are you dying from improvements? I'll tell you. Prayer meetings had changed. Anybody ever went to a prayer meeting and it turned out to be a debate society? They're debating on this and debating on that prayer cease from the pulpit. Now you don't have prayer lines in the church. You give an altar call and everybody sits there on the back pew, and they act like that you literally are imposing upon them and you're causing them to have major problems and if they get up, I'm here to tell you we reached to the point to where there are several churches now that have lesbian pastors ordained. One of the largest churches in North Carolina is in Raleigh right now has a lesbian pastor. Sodomites have been elected to the deacon board put in front of the, the, the choir to be the song leader and they're also ones that's doing the call of worship the church is in real bad shape drag queens are up living their show and it looks just like a nightclub going on into the church and now the sign outside of the church is a big old tombstone that says here's the church that was established many many years ago but this church died this year because of all the improvements they put in on the product of Jesus Christ Thank God that Living Water Worship Center realizes and understands that God don't need no improvement. Amen. Thank God that the gospel don't need no improvement. Amen. There ain't no way under the sun that we can improve it and make it any better than what it is. That's the only thing, the only good news that we have that can save a man from a devil's hell. That is the only thing that can grab a hold of the most wicked creatures that there is on the face of this earth and clean them up from the top of his head to the sole of his feet and make him a productive agent of society. It is the only thing that can drive drunkenness and alcoholism out of a life. It is the only thing that can drive infirmity out of someone's life. It is the only thing that can make you love somebody that you don't like. It's the only thing that can make you get in unity with someone so somebody else gets the glory and you praise the Lord right behind it. It's the only thing that can literally grow the church. But we sit there and threw all these strategies of man into the church trying to grow the church, and God is saying, I'm tired of you trying to make me better. I want to make you better under the power of the Holy Ghost. Can the church say amen? Now, I want to tell you, I'm not against improvements. I tell you, there's a whole lot of room for some good improvements in the church. Amen? Amen. For the right improvements. I thank God there are some people that can come in and we can improve things a whole lot better. i am telling you, one thing we can improve in this church is our worship service. Number one, the first thing we can do is attend it because half of us don't even come and attend it. Amen? We can improve the worship service simply by by coming in here with our hands uplifted, happy and prayerful and joyful that God has given us the breath to be able to walk into the house of God and live today. Thank God that we can have an improvement in the worship service. But I'm here to tell you we need to get our focus on the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and get rid of this heresy that hey, a pizza will bring in a child or a football game will bring my child to the church so that they can be happy or a baseball game will make my child happy or a basketball league is what the church needs to be able to be striving in today's society No, what we need is the power of the Holy Ghost back into the church and what Living Water is called to do is to bring the power of the Holy Ghost back into the church and into this life and I don't know about you but if you're going to be a part of Living Water you need to get your focus off of everything out there in the world and quit worrying about what we don't have and let's grab a hold of what we got and let God change it and improve this society and improve this church can the church say amen, amen. I believe in improvements Pastor C.C. but they got to be guided by the life guided blood of Jesus Christ the principles of God's word we can't start putting things into the church that was not put into the church of God never once in the church in the Bible that I see that any church had a great big old party to bring people into the church and gave away some stuff just so that they could come to the church can the church say amen never once did I see in the Bible that they had this great big old party and a great big old pizza blast just because they wanted to reach these children that's out there never once did I see the in the Bible that they had a great big light show never once in the Bible did I see that they cut out the lights in the church so nobody could see it. never once did I see in the Bible a cell phone brought into the church so the child could play it all the time I believe that the Sunday school needs to be put back into the house of God and I believe the Focus of God needs to be back into the church. Can our church say amen? Amen. I believe God put the church in the world. Would you say amen to that? Turn to your neighbor and say, God put the church in the world. But the problem is, is the devil put the world back in the church. And it's time to get the world out of the church. Amen. Let the motto of living water worship center always be this. We join our hearts and our hands together. Can you say amen? Faithful we will be to the Lord's commands. Would you say amen? Amen. We hold each other to God's holy standards. Can you say amen? amen? All that love and truth demand. I believe that God is wanting us to get back to the absolute, get back to the truth. Let's preach the truth. I don't care whose feelings it hurts. Let's get back to the flowing and bloodstream of Jesus Christ. Let's preach the cross. Let's preach deliverance. Let's preach the resurrection. Let's preach the gospel. Let's preach that that's the only way that you can make it to heaven. And let's preach that if you want your life to change, you come and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and He'll change it for you. You need to preach that, hey, it's not all these activities that I got at the building. I got Jesus in the house of God. I'm sick so and tired of somebody inviting me to the church. And I had three of them this week invite me to their church. And they were telling me, Oh, come on, we got a good youth ministry, and we got a good child's ministry, and a good children's church, we got a good men's ministry, we got a good ladies' ministry, and we have this on this night, and this on that night, and this on that night, and this on all that this night. Everything that your family needs, we got some activity for you for you to do it. And never one did they say we got Jesus in the house of God I'm ready to be able to look at somebody and say, if you want to feel the touch of the Holy Ghost, if you want to feel the power of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, if you want to see sin get eradicated by the blood of Jesus Christ, if you want to see diseases get up and walk out of somebody's life and never come back, if you want to see drunks come into the house of God and lay aside and leave the ABC store for good, if you want to see people that are delivered and happy and joyous and in unity and come on to see the glory of God in the house of God then come down to living water because that's what we got in the house and in there let it be said that living water has never died from any kind of improvement to the product of the gospel of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ Amen. in other words we're going to preach the word of God smiley can never say we're going to live by the truth hold another and tell her by the hand and say, I'm going to hold you to his standards. You get out of whack, I'm going to pray and seek the Holy Ghost on you and let the Holy Ghost body slam you and clothesline you until you can get right. I'm here to tell you, God is ready for a church that desires him and desires Jesus Christ and desires to change the world with the gospel. God is looking for a person, a people, a preacher, a church that is not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't need to offer you a piece of to come in and have the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't need to offer you a giveaway for you to have the power of the Holy Ghost. I got the gospel, the greatest product that yeah. there ever was on the face of this earth. And it's time to preach it and to live by it and stand on it and never let nobody back us up on it. Silent somebody say We're going to do it in living water. Amen. God has called us to lift up and fight for his standards in this coming day. That means it's going to be hard on you. Just tap that beside me and say it's going to be hard on you. It's time for us to fight for the fundamental truths and let it serve as a foundation for our belief and our behaviors. Why is it, brother, that when somebody does you like that, there you don't get even? It's because my God said vengeance is mine and I shall repay. Why is it, Lord, everybody in your church is just so truthful and so happy and they're so open and they love people and they want to hang on you because Jesus loved you and as God loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son so that you can have eternal life and we want to show you that a bunch of people from the creatures down yonder in the jam got touched by the power of the Holy Ghost and when they did the glory of Almighty God changed their life it won't no activity, it won't no light show in the church, it won't no dark sanctuary, it won't great Singing that brought them to the church. It wasn't no great preaching that brought them to the church. It was the gospel of Jesus Christ and a heart that was broken that needed a touch of the Holy Ghost. And they found a house that had the Holy Ghost in it, and they were able to be delivered. Can somebody in this house shout out and say amen? Amen? So we got to begin to start identifying and began to uncover all the strategies that hell is doing to try to kill the church. I'm going to tell you what. How many remember when you were going to church and Mama was sitting on the front row and you was on the back row and you started talking and Mama would do what? Didn't have to say a word. All she had to do was just look at you. I remember in this church, I was sitting right there about where Ben's at. Mama was up here on the third row, and I was back there talking and praying, talking to Polly Hester. Mama looked at me one time, and I tapped Polly I said, "You better shut up." In a few minutes, I got break. Oh, mama was all in the service. She was clapping and all this stuff. And I was over there, and I started kind of playing again with Polly. And when I found mama, the next time I looked up, she was standing right there on the, on the shoulder where Ben is at. She grabbed me and pulled me right there to that front door right there. And she put the daylights out of me, and she That's said, right. I'll do it again. You shut up and get back over there, and you sit down. And if I have to come get you again, they're going to get you with The morgue. I'm here to tell you today, children don't have to be occupied by things that's out there in the world. Let's bring in the house of God something that can touch the hearts of a child, that can touch the heart of the greatest adult that there is in the house, the oldest person there is in the house, and the youngest person in. is. Let's let the power of God change the life, and let's preach the gospel without any type of ashamedness in our life. Amen. Amen. So we're going to have to start uncovering some things that ain't going to be happy. People ain't going to like what i got to say from here on out because we're going to start living the way we need to live. Amen. Well, some of y'all that maybe come in a little bit later I said we can definitely improve our worship service and the one way that we can improve it is if everybody decided they were going to come to it Amen. and when they come to it they were going to get involved in it amen, amen. you got ten fingers on your hand you can put your hand together let the church shout and say amen. amen you got two feet and you can jump up and down and you can walk around and you can touch the throne of almighty God and you can shout let the church amen. say amen. amen you got two lips and boy I'm telling you some of y'all sure can holler and scream out yonder in the world but it's time for you to get into the house of the Lord and start hollering and screaming for the Lord and let the glory of God come down into the house of the Lord, amen? Amen. But what's been happening is there's been a lot of deception that's been going on in the church. How many know a lot of Christians right now that are deceived and they're deceived bad? Deception has always been a part of a military strategy. When you conceal things and misrepresent the truth, that's called deception. You double deal with people. How many you hate a double dealer? Amen. Amen look at me in the face and tell me you love me and then go out there and talk like I'm a dog out there and everybody, but I don't like that double dealing, amen? I don't want you to give me what seems to make things better in my life to my faith, but go out there and work against me and against my the disadvantage behind my back. Be truthful to me. If you like me, fine. If you don't like me, fine. Tell me exactly how I can deal with somebody that'll tell me the truth and say, I don't like this and I don't like that about you, instead of saying, well, I think you all right, and then go out there and tell Sissy, I think he needs to straighten up here and he's Straighten straight up there I'm telling you, Gone from all that mess God is sick and tired of that right. stuff Tired of the deception That is a fruit from hell And it's time for the church To get delivered from it Can the church say amen? amen I am so sick and tired Of preaching false perceptions And hearing people preach false perceptions And cause people to believe Hey that's the truth That's the truth And in all truth they ain't nothing but a fake doctrine from hell Never once did we have to change the music in the church to reach nobody. What we needed to do is change our relationship so that when somebody walked in, they saw Jesus in us. They saw Jesus change us. They saw a man that had a bad temper get saved by the power of Almighty God and literally couldn't get mad if he tried. They saw a drunk that was literally lived on alcohol and all of a sudden threw it to the side and never could even grab a hold of it didn't even want it anymore. They saw somebody that nobody couldn't live with and nobody couldn't handle but all of a sudden they become like a turtle in your hand. They become to be like a kitten in your hand. As they picture, and they're they so easy to get along with is because the gospel of Jesus Christ was preached in the house of God and the anointing of the Holy Ghost grabbed a hold of that heart and changed that heart and that's what we need to preach from the pulpit from here on out, Amen. So deception is a military strategy. The devil's trying to deceive us. The British used it real good in in the World War II over in Africa. Here's what they did. Let me explain to you what they did, and I want you to get an idea of what the devil is doing to the church today. Instead of the British sending all of their tanks and their airplanes to a certain area, they hired a a creator, an artist, that could sit down and could make tanks and airplanes out of pasteboard. And he made great big planes and, and, and tanks and all this stuff out of pasteboard. And reconnaissance from the German forces would go out and go look, and they'd come up on this camp, and all of a sudden there was thousands of pasteboard tanks out there and thousands of airplanes out there. There were airplanes that were flying over, and they were taking pictures of all these things. And from a distance, those airplanes and those tanks looked just like the real thing. But you know what? They were flat-out fake. <laughs> So they would leave them there for a little while and while they were there for that little while they were to realize that the information got to the Germans and the Germans was getting there to, to bring an offensive and they would get a great big attack against him and bring all the soldiers and all this and to release a great big artillery and army to go out to the location that the British forces was at and while they were getting ready to come and attack the British people the British generals were sending out soldiers to load them to pasteboard tanks and then pasteboard airplanes up on trucks and the bus them away so when they come to the location they found out well the british has already left and in the meantime while the 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 germans was coming over to fight this here brigade the 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 british people were going over where the germans was leaving from and they fought over there and they were able to conquer it. they were smart they deceived them amen As time went on, John, what happened is they realized that if they would just leave them little pasteboard things there and pay them creators a little bit more money, that they could let them go ahead all the way to the place and they would be sitting there for days on end bombing pasteboard tanks and bombing airplanes and wasting all of their artillery and their ammo and they could be over here defeating them. And when they come up and tried to fight them again, they didn't have no more artillery to fight them. Amen. So the devil's been trying to deceive us By making something look That's a flat out fake look real And I'm here to tell you There's something that two can play at that game We can let the devil know By the power of prayer and the power of the Holy Ghost That hey you go over here and you can fight over here But we can knock a blow to the devil's kingdom over here We can let him over release all of his artillery over here So when the real battle comes He ain't going to have nothing to fight us over And the way we can do it Is to drive this heresy out of the church And preach the gospel of Jesus Christ unashamedly and preach it and and stand on it and never back up from it. Amen. Praise praise the Lord. I put on my side when I first got started. I said, come as you are and be who you are. And I meant that. Come in here and be who you are. But as you start being who you are and come as you are, God's going to change who you are. (laughs) And when God changes who you are, that's who you're going to be. Amen. So here's all this deception that's going on. They could easily move it, but after a while they decided that they would use it as a military strategy. Bless him, Lord. And that is exactly what Satan's doing today. He is a, a master deceiver. He is the driving force behind this heresy that is going on in the church right now. He is the driving force. And I know people ain't going to like this. I know right now some of y'all are cringing as I speak. He's the driving force for all them light shows that you see in the church right now. He is the driving force by all those the big old screens up there that's showing all this crazy stuff in the church. He's a driving force for every one of them valentine dances. He's a driving force for every piece of blasting there is. He's the driving force because every time he does that, everybody's focused and a, man, a, man, a beehive of activity to go out and make this event better than it was the last time and the truth of the matter is we've got our conscience and our focus on the event instead of Jesus Himself. Amen. Amen. I was saved when I was five years old. Don't you tell me a child cannot understand the gospel. Because I understood the gospel I understood at a very young age That I was a sinner And I needed to get saved I didn't understand all that God was going to do for me But I knew I needed Jesus And just because that child's 3 years old 4 years old or 5 years old Does not mean that they cannot understand That Jesus is the Lord of Lords And the King of Kings And they need Him And they need Him you better get it in their heart Before they're 13 Because if you don't get it in their heart Before they're 13 It's going to be 3 times as hard to get it In their life And every year they live for the devil. It's going to be harder and harder and harder. So I'm here to tell you yeah, we need a children's ministry. Yes, we do. We need a children's ministry that will stand up and preach the gospel Praise and help them receive it and allow Jesus to be with you in the schoolroom at your house yeah. and with your family and your mom and your daddies and your friends and hopefully by that preaching in another 10 years, we'll cut down on teen pregnancy and violent crime yeah. and we'll get people to be a fruitful object of society Praise and begin to live the way they should yeah. and we can begin to open up the doors in our house again and not worry about putting our windows down in night. We can have a society that's blessed by the power of Almighty God. So we got to get back to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And He is the reason why there's a bunch of churches out there right now that has been killed by them improvements. Amen. He's behind the teachers of our times that are trying to persuade us to accept this heresy. That our product has got to be better than what it has been before. I don't know about you, but I am aching in my heart right now, Janice, to see the apostolic church and the power of the apostolic church back in the house of God. I am aching on the inside of me, John, to see somebody that's so heavily anointed by the power of Almighty God, and when they walk by you, the shadow can hit you, and demons begin to scream and holler and run. I'm here to tell you today, we need that power in the house of Almighty God one more time. I'm about aching in my heart to see the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that He took the strife upon His back to heal us, and no sickness can stay and exist in His presence, and in the presence of that church, when two three. We are gathered together in His name And He shows up Hell has to leave, And I believe That we can get it back Into the house of God I want to know How many of you here This morning is with me Amen So how is it That we are going to Defend ourselves Against this heresy God's truth Listen to what I'm saying God's truth Is the only protection That you have in this life Against Satan's lies And if you don't know the truth you're not going to be protected. Am I helping anybody? Amen. I've preached a message now for several weeks and I told you the shield of faith protects you. And it protects you from all of Satan's fiery darts. And hell cannot deceive us if we got God's Word in our hearts. Yes, but he will literally deceive us if we don't have God's presence in our heart. Can the church say amen? amen. People have entered into the church at Coloss. In the book of Colossians And they began to tell everyone Hey look I know you want to get closer to God Turn to your neighbor here today Let's let's confess that Look at your neighbor outside and say I know you want to get closer to God The reason why I know that Is because it's an innate desire It's in each and every one of us We want to be as close to God as we can possibly be Can the church say amen So the devil come in and said, Hey Tim, I know that you need to be a, you want to be a little closer to the Lord. And I got a strategy to help you get a little closer to the Lord. You want to hear it. They went on and said, here's what you got to start doing. you got to start keeping the Sabbath day and do this, and you got to do this, and you got to fast, and you got to go on a long-term fast. And when you go on this fast, you got to go before the Lord and take communion every day, and you got to do this and do this and do this and do this and do this, and, do this and then get prepared for your journey. And when God comes to get you to take you on your journey, He's going to carry you into the vision world, and you're going to begin to see Jesus. You're going to be said to see God. You're going to begin to see these angels, and you're going to walk around in visions and revelations. Wouldn't that be wonderful if you had that happening in your life every day? And Tim was like, yeah, yeah I'd love to be close to the Lord. I'd be close to the Lord. And Paul said, that's how much a bunch of Jews straight from hell. Because God said that Jesus is the head and in him is the fullness of God. And all you need to be able to have the Holy Spirit, all you need is to get the revelation and the visions from God is Jesus himself. You don't have to push the plate back from God to bless you that way. You don't have to keep this law for God to bless you. It is the gospel, the blood of Jesus Christ, the cross that makes you acceptable in the beloved. And he said you are the very treasure of God. And he said in him is all the treasures of wisdom and understanding and God said if you'll take a hold of Jesus and grab a hold of Jesus that everything that there is up in the heavens I'll reveal it to you I'll let you walk in it I'll let you have power in it I'll let it change things in your life can the church say amen yeah. Yeah. he told him. he said that what he, what he was doing they were coming in and they were beguiling them anybody ever been beguiled Yes. I had a woman beguile me one time And when I found out how bad she beguiled me, I realized how foolish I was. Just how stupid I is. That's where I come up with the phrase, I'm dumb as dirt. The word beguile means to outwit you. To do it in a misleading way. And began to play against your own words. To take your own words and lead you from your truth that you believe into error. You see, the word means to reason with you alongside truth. To take the truth and lay the truth out there to you and then lay it right over here right beside of it and say, okay, this is the truth. But this is the truth. And began to reason back and forth that, hey, the reason why this is different over here is because of so-and-so and people began to be beguiled with it. Now, it's wonderful in your heart today. Let me tell you, I'm not against fasting. I fast a lot. I want you to know, you need to fast. to be close to the Lord. Because the Bible says, Jesus even said, that them certain devils don't go out of your life without fasting in prayer. I believe you need to pray. Can the church say amen? I believe you need to come to church, and you need to be in church all the time. I believe you need to read your Bible every day. I believe you need to get restocked under the power of the glory of Almighty God on a daily and a weekly basis. Can the church say amen with that? I believe that there are certain things that we should do, and we should live more. But you know why? There ain't nothing that you can do in your own strength that's going to cause you to get any closer to Jesus. You're as close to Jesus as God's going to ever make you close to Him. You can begin to walk in it a little bit decently and a little bit more. But you're so close to Jesus that you're sitting right beside of Him on the right hand. And you are His right hand man. And we can have everything that Jesus has if we'll just focus on Jesus and accept Him. Am I preaching alright to anybody this morning? Amen. So what he does is he brings in something, says it alongside the truth, that looks very much like the truth, but it turns out to be a fake decoy. Mm. Flat out fake decoy. How many's ever been to church and you thought, hey man, that's a wonderful church. And the longer you went, the all more God awful you felt in your spirit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you began to realize, hmm, something ain't right there. And you kept right on going. Am I talking to anybody? You kept right on going. After a while, the Lord said, "I see this, see this. I'm showing this to you. I'm showing this to you. That ain't right. That's unbiblical. And after a while, you began to feel like, hey, I'm so stupid. I stayed here for a year and I heard this stuff. I wonder how much damage that this here stuff that looked like it was the truth has done to myself. I wish to God that I'd have saw it a year ago. Amen. I'm here to tell you today, I wish that the church would have seen when rock and roll music began to come into the house of Almighty God that it was a ploy for hell. They're trying to destroy the church and they come against truth. I believe that the church needed to see when they started turning out the lies that they were going to give the opportunity for children to sit on the back row and make out in the middle of the service. I believe that when they started allowing people walk into the church with Yeti cups and drinking and all this stuff, that they began to open up the door so people could walk in here with alcoholic beverages and act like they were praising the Lord but they were getting drunk the whole time. I believe that when they looked at someone and there was brothers and sisters that were living. there together and they come into the church and they didn't sit down with them and really explain to them how you need to get right with the Lord and get right quick and allow it to go on. I believe that that was the devil coming against truth, true and I believe that they took this scripture and they wrestled the scriptures and the darkness and doctrines out the way they wanted to and now we got a problem in the church. We've been killed by all these improvements. Amen. James, the brother of Jesus, put it like this. He said, but you, but you be doers of the word. And not hearers only, deceiving yourself. You see, when you know the Word and you don't do it, you're deceiving your own self. Amen? Amen. That is an imperative command. You are to do the Word. Push that neighbor right beside of you this morning. Smile at him while you do And then turn around when you finish and smile at me and say, you need to start doing the Word. That word doer means you are a performer. Now the Word of God says to lift up your hands and praise the Lord. Amen? That means you're supposed to lift up your hands and praise the Lord, amen, and be a doer of the word. The Bible says that you are to pray and to pray without ceasing. You are to do that and you are to be a doer of the word. You are to perform the word. Am I talking to anybody here? Amen. Amen. That word literally means that you have a desire and you crave something so that you begin to act out and accomplish something rather than sitting there and just merely thinking about doing it and just sitting there saying, it'd be nice if it can be done. You say, I'm going to do it because God commanded me to do it. Amen. Amen. He said, be ye doers... Of the Word. Look at your neighbor and say, Do the Word. Amen. So what is it that we're supposed to carry out? That Word there for the word Word is Logos. And that Word means it's the divine reason. And it is the divine purpose of Almighty God. It means that as you do things, you are putting the elements of the universe into a relationship that ensures efficiency and harmony. And the more you do that there, it mandates the decrees that God does and gives in your life that you perform them. If he says, do not forsake the assembly of yourself together. Hello, everybody out there on... Do not forsake the assembling of yourself together, then you are to be a doer of the word. Amen. amen. So, what the enemy has done is he's crept into the church and he's walked in with this heresy. This heresy looks a whole lot like the church or like the truth. It looks like they're worshiping the Lord. Can the church say amen? amen. But I challenge you this week take a little bit of time. Go on YouTube, pull up some of these great big churches, Elevation Church. Pull up all these churches where everybody's paying attention to them and see how many triangles you see in their light show. Triangle ain't nothing but a symbol from hell. It is the wisdom of the Gnosticism. It's time to start calling out what things in the church is deceitful and put there from hell. Some of the people that are doing it don't even realize what they're doing. It is a symbol of the sexual goddess that is called Venus. And they are preaching to the people a sexuality. It looks like that is church. It looks like that is the power of God. It looks like it's a form and a fashion of it, but they ain't no power in it. It ain't changing nobody's life. They're up there playing the music and half of the congregation is cohabitating with one another. Half of them are homosexuals. Amen. The other half of them are lesbians. Oh. We need to get the power of the Holy Ghost back into the church and preach the absolute gospel. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? Amen. Now I want to share it with you. Paul said in verse number 5, he said, you're healthy. He said, I'm sitting here looking at your order, looking at your faith. Oh, I'm, I'm praising you for this. You got things in order, and you got things in, in in faith, and you're standing in faith. And I am praising your steadfastness in your belief. But the heretical elements promised that these people could get a deeper experience than what they were having right now anytime anybody comes to you and says you can have a deeper experience with the Lord by doing so and so you must first stop and go to the Bible and see if the Bible says that's how you get a deeper relationship Amen. so let me share something with you you got the deepest relationship you'll ever get with God if you'll just walk in Christ Because he done everything to bring you near to Jesus, near to God. He done everything by the blood of Jesus Christ to get you into the throne room of heaven so that you can bow down at Jesus' feet, bow down at God's feet, bow down in front of the Holy Ghost and let your knees be made known. He done everything that he needed to do to make you acceptable in the beloved. He done everything he needed to do to install in you the power to overcome the enemy. He done everything that he needed to do to install in you the gifts and the shields and the ability and the power. And the courage and the encouragement to stand up in this hour and fight the enemy. You have everything you need in the spiritual heavenly. And God said, Focus on Jesus so that you can move with it. Amen. But all these things promised a deeper experience. A deeper experience that required discipline and denial based on the world's standards but not God's. You want a husband? Fast. You'll lose some weight. You'll look a little better, and he'll find you a little bit more attractive. <laughs> You're laughing, but I'm telling you, there's people that's told that in the church. You're overweight. You want a husband? Fast a little bit. When you start dropping them pounds to me, I'm gonna start paying attention to you. No, that's a fleshly love. God wants you to fall in love with somebody that's got a spirit like yours, that has a soul like yeah. yours, that compliments you. That's a deeper love than what somebody to thank God that Tina loves me a whole lot better than what I, I look on the outside. But so when she met me, I didn't have all this. And I didn't have all these wrinkles coming around. My hair won't turn around and There and everything. Thank God that there's a love that's deeper than the passion. Right. And I can fast and I can fast to get a hold of me a wife and find a why, but I don't need to lose weight to be able yeah. to find somebody gotta got yeah. somebody yeah. to pick that stuff and yeah. peel it across hey yeah. God knows I wish I could preach this morning Amen. Amen. bless him Lord look at verse number 8 real quick in verse number 8 in chapter number 2 of Colossians he said beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ it was the elitists that had come in there and they expressed their special desire and the perfection of a few. Well, you want a good husband, a good wife? You need to find a good job. Amen. That's true.
1: <laughs> but I want to tell
0: you what. One, one, one uh, basketball player, he's a millionaire. I met mean, him yesterday. He gets paid $30 million to play basketball every year. I wish I had a job like that. That would be nice he was sitting there and they asked him, said, why is it that you're dating this woman? He said, what do you mean? He says, well, all these other women that are divas and beautiful and all this stuff are after you and go out with you in a heartbeat. Why are you with her? He said, when is men that are professionals that have money that's been blessed going to realize that if you go chasing after the pretty woman that there's other men out there chasing for the pretty woman too? He said, and when that pretty woman finds one that's got a little bit more money than you are, she'll take all your money and then go out to him to get all his money. Well he, he preaches the truth. Amen. Amen. So it was those elitists. That were coming in and wanted to make people more perfect than what they were. I want to share with you here today at Living Word Worship Center, I give each and every one of you an open invitation. I don't care how you live it. I don't care how you look, I don't care how you dress, I don't care what you're doing, I don't care what's going on in your life. I'm not here to try to make you perfect. I'm here to preach to you the gospel of Almighty God. And Jesus came to earth and he came down as a virgin, and he was just sacrificed on the cross of Calvary, and his blood brought your salvation and his resurrection. Brought your new creation in your life, yeah. and you got an eternal hook that you can make it to heaven. And I accept right, it just like you are. Yeah. If, you drugs, yeah. right. if you're hooked on drugs, come on. If you're sit down and you're hooked on alcohol, That's come right, right. on. Yeah. If you're hooked on sex, come right yeah. on. Come right on. I'm not gonna allow you and put my step of right. approval on you living that way forever, but I'll lead you to yeah. someone that can take your heart and change your life completely around and can set you the way you need to be set. Yeah. I believe that the house of God's got to get back to preaching the, preacher, the Regardless, regardless of what anyone says. Amen. This version of Christianity out there right now is a version that is supposed to be making it better and more palatable to people that's out there in the world. And they're telling them, hey, if you come here and do this, the Mormon church is one of the fastest growing churches and they don't even believe you go to heaven when you die. You you got to run out there and do this and do this and do that. That's why you see all these boys out there peddling the obstacle out there to try to do the work so that they might have a possibility. They go to heaven, I want you to know when Jesus bought my soul and he paid by him and I sacrificed up in heaven... He promised me that I am a home of the Lord. He said, I'm leaving here for a little while and I'm going to prepare a place for you. And when I go and I come back to you, I'm prepared and ready for you. And if I leave, I'm coming back. I ain't got to do nothing more than what I've done to make you another. I ain't got to do anything anymore than walking the baptism the home. I ain't got to do nothing anymore to be able to have visions and revelation. Let's get back to the very absolute gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. I don't have to get recircumcised. I don't have to observe all them feast days. I don't have to go out there and study 50,000 different books to be able to be one that's so legal. I don't have to fast to go on a spiritual journey. I don't have to keep the law and be counted worthy man, in my own works to be able to have God use me. Look, I'm a jackass used by God. Just <laughs> like God used that jackass to see the baby, He can use me. Yeah. And I've not been looking no different than what I've ever done and say, I accept that Jesus died for me. He buried his, my sins on the cross of Calvary. He came about in the glory and He purchased my salvation. And now I am made nigh to God through the blood of Jesus Christ oh if you want to get into the presence of the Lord you do this and you do that and you start doing this and read 50 scriptures a day you deprive your body then when you come into the church you stand up and tip your fingers up three four or five times and you kick around and you turn around about nine or ten times then the Holy ghost is gonna hit on you huh? you ain't got to do nothing but say Jesus here I am that's you that's, that's am I talking to anybody that's today that's yeah. It is the simplest thing that there is in the house of God and on this earth to have the power of Jesus yeah. in your life and in the church. And the church has drove it out trying to make it better. I'm here to tell you what people see in me is that God took a old frivolous redneck from the jam that was put on drugs and alcohol and shaved his soul and took a temper that literally would be ready to kill you if you said something wrong and put a love in his heart and he'll sacrifice his whole life just to get one to come to the altar. And lift up their hands and accept the gospel. I'm here to tell you that power of the Holy Ghost is still available, still readily available for you. And it's time for us to move in it and live in it and quit commanding so much from everybody else. Your preacher just as human as you are. You've got just as many problems as you do, probably more. But thanks be to God, He ain't got to do nothing no right better amen. than what He's done already to be able to lead you and to guide you and direct you and bring you to the blood of Jesus Christ. Right, amen. The only thing I can't do, John, is grab the grass and slam it down your throat. <laughs> Come on! I can lead you to the trough, but I can't make you eat anything. Thank you, Lord. I can't grab the handful of it and put it in your mouth thank and grab you, your jaws and make you chew thank it. You've you, you got to be willing to accept it. Yeah. But once you accept it, everybody holler out and say amen. amen. Once you accept it, say it again. Amen. Once you accept it, amen. you amen. are God's masterpiece. Amen. You are worthy for anything that God wants to use amen. There ain't nothing else you got to do but accept the power amen. in the blood of Jesus. Paul said, You're trying to grow your church by this stuff. He said, But don't you realize that it's God that gives the increase? Amen. amen. Tim can lay the foundation and I can come and raise the building. But it's the God that built the house. It's the head that grows the church. All this deceit that was going on, he said they won't keep them holding on to the head. Look at your neighbor and say you got to hold on to your head." head. This ain't a time for the church to lose their head, is it? What would happen today if you lost your head? If you were decapitated, you didn't have your head, you wouldn't be able to talk, you wouldn't be able to speak, you wouldn't be able to smell, you wouldn't be able to see, you wouldn't be able to hear, you wouldn't be able to move. You'd be so dead body, and that's what's going on in the church right, right. now. But it is the head called Jesus Christ that brings perfect living together, yeah. unity, and grows yeah. and increases the church. It's Jesus that'll grab a hold of the drug addicts of the honor of village oak apartments yeah. and change them. It is Jesus that'll grab a hold of the people that are cooking them and grabbing to the house of God. It is Jesus and only Jesus. And it's time for the church to start preaching only Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. The Bible said in Galatians chapter number three, it said, He is the one that ministers to you the Holy Ghost and works miracles among you. If we hadn't seen the Holy Ghost acting up in the church, if we ain't seen miracles in the church, it's because we lost our head. Amen. The Bible tells us through the mouth of Peter in 2 Peter chapter 5, He said, add faith to your virtue and to your virtue knowledge. He said, it's Jesus that does that for you. Amen. Amen. It's Jesus that unites the church. Smile at somebody and say, Jesus is going to get you in line with me. Amen. He knits you together in love. And He gives you all the riches of the full assurance of understanding. It is Jesus. Amen. He said, I'm the one that gives the increase. Everybody say that with me. Jesus is the one that gives me the increase. Let me explain to you that word before I leave. That word increase means to improve and to make things greater in size. To make you greater in amount and intensity. And to make you more in a decree. It is Jesus that increases you and elevates you from one position to the next position. And then it is Him that increases the volume of your voice. Amen. And the more you know Jesus, the more your words are going to mean something. If your children ain't listening to your word, get a hold of Jesus. He'll start listening to what Jesus has to say. Amen. If you will get a hold of Jesus, you'll quit preaching to them and you'll start ministering right to them. Now. Amen. Right now. Am I helping anybody? Yes, any? The argument was, if you do this,